Welcome to Cinemapography, a podcast about movies by some guys that watch them. My name is Brian, and joining me are my good friends and co-hosts. Hey everyone, I'm Corey. And I'm Justin. In an effort to remove the struggle of deciding what to watch on movie night, we decided to take turns selecting films for our small group to watch. Then, to remove the struggle of not having a podcast in 2022, we decided to buy microphones and share what we thought about those movies on the internet. If you have a suggestion for us to watch or just want to see what we think about your favorite films, give us a shout on Instagram or at cinemapodrophy at gmail.com. And then, like and subscribe for updates on our next episodes. Now, on with the show. Cinemapodrophy! Ha ha! Today we'll be discussing the year 2000 psychological roller coaster in our first listener suggested review, Requiem for a Dream. Thanks to Brandy for the suggestion. Based on the novel by Hubert Selby Jr. and adapted for the screen by director Darren Aronofsky, who, just as a side note, uh, directed one of my least favorite movies of all time, Mother. Uh, in this film, <laughs> have you seen it? It's terrible. We'll talk about no. it. No. Oh, this oh film, with Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, kidding. Same person. It's a turd. Uh, This film chronicles the chaotic, drug-fueled spiral out of control by four folks from Coney Island, New York. Starring Ellen Burstyn, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, and Marlon Wayans, this cautionary tale takes us on a journey through a whirlwind of drug addiction. Whether they're narcotics prescribed by shameless doctors or part of the personal supplies of wannabe drug dealers, various powders and pills get their hooks in the Goldfarb family and friends and do not let go. Whether they're used as a recreational escape or as a reprieve to achieve delusional goals, we watch as the drugs take hold of these people and begin to pilot them from one decision to the next until their lives are both consumed and destroyed by them. I think before we get started here, let's talk about all the addictive substances we're currently consuming. I'll go first. I have espresso in a cat mom mug. Because I need, that's actually double espresso because I have a problem. And then I've got this cool bourbon that my neighbor got me called Bloody Butcher's Reed, uh, or Bloody Butcher's Creed, Jesus. Um, It's 90% bloody butcher corn. I don't know what that means, but it sounds metal. That sounds scary. (laughs) Yeah, I needed something scary for today. (laughs) Um, I like it, though. I do. Um, so I have a question. Your espresso, um, what, how'd you make it? What do you With have? a Nespresso. Oh, oh, that's right. You have one. That's right. You fancy. You got a wedding gift? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wedding gift though, right? Yeah, wedding gift. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm a big fan happy, of the, the cast iron skillet that we got. I, I use it a lot. Oh, I thought you were meaning you cook coffee in a cast iron skillet. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. OG, man. Yeah, my 14-inch um, cast drinking... iron skillet. <laughs> 14 inches, oh, wow. Um, so I am drinking a Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter. Um, it was not what I originally wanted to have, but I was running late, so it was the quickest thing I could grab. <laughs> Fair enough. It's so I'm, ac- I'm actually not drinking. I'm doing heroin today um, <laughs> for the episode. Um, I'm riding the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. 
Chase that dragon there. Oh my buddy. god. Or yeah, chasing oh, a dragon. Nope. Now it's riding the unicorn. Horn riding first. the unicorn, whatever, you know. Just what like are you end. drinking though? I made an old fashioned from some oh, good nice. old fashioned bullet rye. Mm, be right. And now you're injecting it into yourself, into an opened wound that's decaying yeah, I, on your arm. I have staph infection on my arm, so I'm actually shooting Oof. the H into oh. the staph infection because oh. I want my arm cut off. Before before we get to that, <laughs> you said something, Brian, in the intro that I didn't realize is that this was based on a book. And mm-hmm. not that I have any desire to go read that book after watching this movie, but I kind of am curious as to how that would read because I feel like this movie was very much kind of on repeat for the whole movie. Um, wait, wait, so I'm wait, just curious I... how that would, would read. I'm going to have to stop you real quick. I might be on the wrong podcast because I actually read the book and I'm actually in a book club podcast. And this was our book for this week. Um, I can just let myself out. So yeah, sure. Can thanks you, for coming. Can you shoot up? Can you shoot up one more time though, before you leave, leave that old fashioned? It looks good. <laughs> 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 We've got a winner. Anyway, I would just be curious to see how the book is because I have to imagine, and I am because I certainly haven't read it, that it's sort of segmented into the psyche of the different people that the movie's about. Like, because this movie does a really interesting thing cinematically with its cuts back and forth from either like just overall time shifts. Like, we never see, sure. aside from like lips on a blunt or pills going into a mouth. We never see anyone do drugs really with the exception of Jared at the end, you know, with the, whatever. So it does this cool thing where it like jumps around and like, you know, it does that. It's like the original ASMR. Exactly. But way creepier. Um, But it also does this interesting thing between the characters. Like when it'll be showing this really heavy scene with, you know, Sarah losing her mind in her apartment, her refrigerator trying to eat her. And then it goes to, you know, uh, Harry and Marion, you know, arguing about whose fault it is that they don't have drugs. You know, they just does this back and forth, back and forth. I'm wondering if the book does something similar where it's like a short Sarah chapter and then a short Harry chapter and then a short. Or if it does like page breaks with you know a couple dashes yeah, to just show the psyche curious. changes, yeah. it's gotta it's gotta be bonkers that book because this movie was just it was a lot. See, I bet you that book is I, really long too. Like because there you there's a lot that they have to they didn't explain a lot in this movie, but I feel like in a book form they would have to explain a lot so that you would understand what's going on because mm-hmm. like this. This is kind of a smart movie because, like, yeah. you have to, I guess, understand what's going on to know what's going on. And yeah. I think that's something that I've discovered that I'm a simple person and I like simple movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like a heady movie now and then. But I didn't I didn't dislike this movie. It was not at all what I was expecting. Um, you know, I. Not what I expected Brandy to suggest for us, certainly. Um, but it it makes a lot of sense, you know, as a cautionary tale. You know, like I said, it, it's. I guess do you do you guys 
have personal relationships with anybody who's struggled with addiction? Not not drug addi- addiction like this. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, not drug addiction. Only only uh, alcohol. Sure. Um, well, good. Um, this th- like I feel like there's other movies like uh, Blow with Johnny Depp. Mm, like good movie. That makes like drugs look cool. Like yeah. And I don't want to say appealing, but it just it's like, oh, that's cool. This this makes you like very uncomfortable and like it does kind of scare you to be like, fuck, like I did like I'm so glad that I never went down this road. Yeah, it's you're you're 100 percent right. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. This movie does a really interesting thing a couple times um in and for listeners who've listened to some of our other podcasts, I I doubt this episode is going to be as linear as a lot of our other episodes because the movie, as you've said, Corey, is, is very cyclical, you know, and that's sort of how addiction works. It's exactly, you, you know, wherever you want to call your starting point, whether it's after you've recently used or if you're, you know, at the bottom and need to like scramble like Marion does so many times in the movie. Um, It is very cyclical and it's, you know, I I used a spiral metaphor in the intro for sort of that reason. Um, As I ramble here, (laughs) um, the movie does an interesting thing with Harry and Marion because like Sarah is on her own horrible journey. Um, that, That one is, is very much the nightmare. Um, Ty, I think his name's Tyrone, Marlon Wayne's character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on a slightly different journey, sort of adjacent to Harry and Marion. But Harry is like really deep into being a junkie, and Marion is too, and they're sort of in denial about it. And there's a scene, the most vivid scene, um, where this occurs is where they sort of wake up towards like the last third of the movie she wakes up from a, a, a bad dream and is sweating is hurting real bad and needs a fix and she wakes up harry and she's like hey do you want to like you know just do a little heroin i just woke up from a bad dream yada yada and he's like no we can't do that we shouldn't do that and she's like are you sure and he's like yeah good point we probably should where like he his conscious his actual lucid brain knows like this is a bad idea but then the the physical and the chemical need for that which is you know the chemical addiction is like nah you should probably you should probably put a bunch of drugs in you you should probably do that and so it's they address that in such a like a clear and quick way like it almost seems like i've never even considered dabbling in in that but you know i've i've been around people that have had different sorts of addictions um sure and it it it's it seemed very well thought out how they presented that that struggle for them and, and they didn't dwell on it and they didn't say that you know they didn't condemn them one way or another for it i mean in the end they each one of them sort of got a different serving of what happens at the end of that particular journey. Like Sarah's man, I'm jumping straight to the end. And if I'm talking too much, I apologize. I have so many thoughts. No, no, I was up, no, you're I was up till I'm, two. I'm watching pulling this up. 
I'm pulling it up to look up um, characters because, as you know, I'm terrible with names. So, no I, I only, I only know the four, um, and that's just because I, I kept looking back and forth last night. Um, but yeah, they each got their own sort of ending. Sarah's institutionalized. Harry lost his drug doing arm. You know, Marion yeah. is is now. I think a whore. A, a whore for for dope. You know that 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 was tough. That scene was tough. Um, and Tyrone's in prison and struggling yeah. with that, and you know stuck with his own demons there, unable to escape from them. And it was such a again cautionary tale of like, look, everybody's journey is different. All addiction is different. Like Tyrone's addiction is different than Harry's addiction is different than Marion's is much different than Sarah's, but they're all on this path together. And if, you know, if it's not addressed, if you just let it run rampant, you're, you're going to lose yourself. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, I think it's interesting too, that you, you mentioned about the conscious, part of the brain saying like, no, you probably shouldn't do this. Right. I mean, cause I, I, I had the same feeling between Harry and Sarah when Harry realized that Sarah was on speed essentially. And he's like trying to tell her not to right? I mean, very conscious that he should, she shouldn't be doing that. I, I don't know if that's coming out of a place of human, you know, um, mother, son or, or what, but then he's turning around and doing bad things on his own. Right. Yeah. Well, he, and you'll see this sometimes with different sorts of addicts um, where like an alcoholic will look down on a pothead because it, they're different flavors and you know, what works yep. for one doesn't yep. work for the other. And they're like, well, you're doing the bad thing. And the other one's like, no, you're doing the bad thing. Yeah. Um, Harry sees Sarah doing uppers and he says like, my, you want uppers? Or, I can't do a fucking accent. Um, and you know, he's, I don't know if he's judgy about it, but he's concerned because he knows like that, that will mess you up. What are you on? Sure. And she goes, sure. I don't know. The blue one and then the orange one and then the green one and then the purple one. I'm seeing a doctor, right? Yeah. I think he was concerned because he, he understands what like the drugs will do to you. And Mm -hmm. he does still have that, like that, that, you know, compass in his head and like his mom, like his dad is gone. And he's like, okay, I still, in my fucked up way, have to take care of my mom. Like, and he doesn't want to see her do the same things that he's doing. But, I mean, their relationship is so toxic. I mean, it, just in the beginning of the movie, when mm-hmm. he's there to basically steal the TV so that again. he could, again, so that he could, you know, buy some H. And then, you know, a day later, she goes down there and she buys the TV back. Like, could have just borrowed the money from her. But in his right. mind, I think he's he's trying to do in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing by okay, I don't want to go to my mom and ask her for drug money. But if I take her TV and if know. I buy drugs, she's she not gonna know. She doesn't know. Yeah. She just thinks like he's taking the TV. And then yeah. she talks to the old guy down on the boardwalk and he's like, What are you doing? Like, stop, stop no. with this. I think she might know, but she probably wants she's in denial about it and is just like, well, if I don't do this, then he's not going to come around anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it's all and he doesn't. And, and she, she's right. He doesn't. He comes around one well, more time for brunch. And then that's the last time they see each other. And that's, and that's a big piece. And, and I say that because how many uh, situations are out there where um, the outsiders see person A enabling person B um, and the outsiders are saying, you know, hey, you know, why are you doing that? You know, you're not helping them. But they realize that they don't want to lose them. Right. And if they don't, if they're not, if they're not part of the the fix, right, that they possibly lose them and they'll go elsewhere. Right. And so there's that fear of, of losing them. Absolutely. Well, and also she she's she knows what's going on, but she's in denial about it. And she wants to portray her son as this like as a successful person when she's outside, you know, tanning with the the, the neighborhood girls you know, oh, he he runs his own company or he yeah. I can't remember how she words it, but like, oh, like, look, look at what my son's doing or I have the good seat now. Like she yeah. doesn't want to admit. I mean, it it even goes back to whatever that Tappy Tibbins show she watches on repeat. Oh like, my God. Well, I think that that slowly became not a show, but a, her own like part of her own psychosis yeah because yeah, he's selling I, a diet like that's all he's doing is selling a diet but yeah. it becomes more than that because she thinks that you know in order to get on tv and to be a a star or whatever like it's not about the fame for her she just wants to be on television because she's obsessed with it so she wants to fit into that dress and she's going to do anything that she has needs to do to fit into that dress. So she starts taking the pills that the doctor gave her because he's a doctor and he knows best gets rid of all her food. And like, we don't see her eat again. There's like the, the quick little, again, the cutaways. And this is, I put this in my notes because it was the first time that I stopped and I was like, they're doing a neat thing with this passage of time where like you see in front of her, it's, it's a very trippy and like very well positioned scene where you've got the half a grapefruit, hard boiled egg and the black coffee and it's just and then the grapefruit is gone it's just a rind and then it's and then it's just the egg and it's you know shell and that's all that's left and then the drinks the coffee and i'm like they're doing this thing where they they're showing time in a very jarring way where it's not like in every other movie we've watched since we started this podcast it's very progressive like it's linear as i said this is like Okay, we're gonna sit down for breakfast. Fuck you, we're done with breakfast. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's and man, yeah. it, it really it's it's spastic and it's jarring and like every I feel like every directorial decision in this movie was made to really keep you on edge, you know, to keep your teeth chattering. And, and I've got to say, I've got to say, I really appreciate that insight, Brian, because I was not a fan. Of, I'm not a fan of this movie. Um, and so watching it, I felt like I was more annoyed than thinking about it, what you're telling me. And and I, I so I appreciate that. I appreciate what, what you're sharing, because sitting here now, um, I can absolutely see that and agree with you 100 um, percent. What I, I want to pivot for just a second. And mm-hmm. I just want to ask the question, who the fuck actually eats half a grapefruit for breakfast ever? I know people do it, but like, why is that a thing? I tried. Why is that? Why is that part terrible. of your meal? But why is that a meal? I I don't I don't get that at all. I don't know. I feel like people do it so that they can say, "Oh yeah, I had a grapefruit for breakfast." 
I feel like it's a it's a martyr thing. Like because grapefruit, personal opinion, sure, not a good fruit. It's a good flavor in some things, but it's like if I'm gonna sit down and have a fruit, grapefruit is at the bottom of my list. There's it's Agreed. no thank you. Um, it's so tart. It's so just. Ah, but, but that's but that's like my thought about it is is the idea of that as a meal like i just I, don't yeah. it's like well, I if that's eat, your choice I banana, for a meal I eat, I eat banana peels and apple cores as for my, for my dinner like it, mm. it doesn't make sense like <laughs> well that's like i i like hard-boiled eggs but i couldn't eat a hard-boiled egg for breakfast well not like, just my breakfast sure and not not accompanying a fucking half of grapefruit either yeah yeah definitely not i prefer like i said double espresso and bourbon for breakfast mm, this is wonderful by the way i want to share with you both i'll show you send you a photo it's fucking great well i this this has nothing to do with the movie but it's something that i thought was kind of funny if there is anything funny about this movie mm-hmm. when uh, the mom is after she starts the diet and she's sitting in the living room watching TV and she starts looking around the apartment and like visualizing food. <laughs> the food looked so gross. Bad. Vintage. Yeah, bad. Vintage. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish. And then I, I, I it have just it, it was like steaming and like it just it looked like Play-Doh like toy food. If it, and I say vintage because my my good friend Carl and I um, will send pictures back and forth all the time. Um, but there's something about the way food was um, photographed, uh, um, prepped for a photo, however you want to say it. Um, it all looks, like you said, fake. Shiny. Weirdly, weirdly, weirdly assembled. Um, there, there's Extra something called steamy. a can. There, there's... There's something called a candle salad that looks like a dick with a, and it's got a cherry on the end. And like, this is a real thing. Like, but like, nobody does that anymore. I'm going to pull it up. Um, <laughs> but, but I kid you not, look up, yeah, here it is. Look, candle salad. Boom. Like, oh why? God. Oh my God. That does look like a dick. I know. And Wait, is that so an ad? Like, is that the one of the Christmas, uh, is it called like an advent oh, no, calendar? Not next to her face. No, it's a real thing. I mean, this is this is this is a vintage. And anyway, <laughs> point is, <laughs> you know, you know point what is, that food actually reminded me of? Dicks. The food from Edward Scissorhands. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. No. No. One hundred percent. That like that ridiculous seventies and eighties like microwavable crap. Yeah. And it all just looks like. It's it's been, I mean, now obviously we can put filters to make food look a certain way, but it looks like it was all put under a filter and it's all like orangey, pinky, green, like it's just odd colors. Weird. Like, Unnatural. anyway, look up um, well, for for our listeners, um, look up vintage candle salad, um, dick salad. Ma- and make it for your yeah or dick salad. <laughs> Don't look up dick salad. I'm sure that's not great. Oh god. <laughs> Okay, actually, well, I, uh, I know <laughs> he's like, hold on. I know this wasn't like the real, like something serious in a movie, too. But what, what just irritated me the entire time was the uh, there it is, it um, did come up under Dick Salad, by the way. <laughs> Jesus, I love the one right just of, oh my god, what is that? That's also Richard Simmons naked in a giant salad, so that's oh that's god. fun. Fuck, yes, get it anyway. 
Oh, dick shit pasta. All right. <laughs> I'm done. Dick shit. I like, think those are just called noodles. <laughs> so dumb. What, ahead, what irritated me was how Sarah was obsessed with fitting in the red dress. And that's such an old generation thing to say like, oh, I have this special occasion dress. I don't fit in it, but I'm, I need to lose weight so I can fit in it. Now, if I if I put on like a suit and if it doesn't fit, I'm going to be like, fuck a diet. I'll just go buy a new suit like. Or go to a seamstress like get like their options. But I, I feel like she was also in a, in a socioeconomical place where maybe that wasn't an option for her. And, That's the vibe I, that I got based on her apartment. I, yeah. I got that, too. And I and I but I do think it was a generation thing of just sure. saying like. Oh, my husband loved me in this dress. Dress. I want to wear this again. I want to go back to that feeling of when he was around and he thought I looked, you know, sexy. Yeah. Like, well, one hundred percent. And and from a generational standpoint too, is people held on to things for forever. Um, it, it wasn't like it is today where, you know, after, you know, a few years of having my silverware, I'm bored with it and I donate it and I buy a new pair, right? Like my parents still have the same silverware from their, when they got married. Right. Yeah. Um, but two, so generational, yes. And then two though, I think it's, there's also the societal aspect that, um, you know, from obviously not embracing, uh, body positivity and it's just focused on like you're either fat or you're skinny. And if you're fat, you need to be skinny. So basically get on a diet to be skinny. Like, (laughs) I mean, slim fast. Hello. (laughs) Drink this chocolate shake. It'll make you skinny. So something else. This this movie, I feel like it kind of dated itself because it it, it was a very 2000s movie with with kind of the we've talked about the cutscenes and and like transitioning you know smart transitions but the music it had that like classic 90s to early 2000s like rave music and the the main song that they played pretty much throughout the entire movie i kept hearing it and i kept saying i know this song what is this song is is from something else i don't know if you what guys remember you know how the the little violin, the do 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 do, so little John actually uh, sampled that and has that in one of his rap songs. Really? To the, you guys should look it up. I'm. I you, just look. It's one of his like big songs. I can't remember which one it is now, but um, because immediately when I played it. I was like, that's, that's, that's from this movie. So, but I, I don't no, have to check it out. I kind of like the music yeah. from it. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, another, that strings good. And, uh, another movie that I'm not going to have us review, but I want you guys to watch it because it's, it's basically this exact movie, but like the UK version it's a movie called Train Train Spotting. Oh yeah, it's God, it's, it's, it's college. Again, it's like it shows like the dark side of like drug addiction and like what it actually does to you and and it's it's not fun and I 
in a way, I'm glad that we watched this. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but it's yeah. it it did make you feel uncomfortable and it made you think and it made you happy that like, man, I didn't go down this road. It could have been bad. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, this movie was not what I would call fun. Um, I think it I think it may be an important movie. I think it's certainly a moving film, um, but fun definitely, definitely not. I'm, I, I agree. I'm glad we watched it, but yeah, yeah, I, it's I a long way from Caddyshack. With, with both of those, I also think that this is a movie that, um, from a from a true takeaway standpoint, that someone who's younger, like in the high school range, college range, where you're possibly exposed to this way more where we're i'm not saying addiction can't start at any time in life but let's be honest like that's when the exposure to those things is much higher than most than than the rest of your life but Mm -hmm. um because for me like what it's kind of like justin said it's it's like i'm glad i didn't go down that path right but i didn't need to see this movie to be grateful of that but (laughs) um you know so so to brian's point too is that it just was uh, you know, kind of uncomfortable and I don't know. I, I, I really didn't have much prepared for this because I didn't, I don't know. I just, I didn't, it didn't leave me feeling more than just uncomfortable. I don't know. Is that weird? To the contrary of that, I, so watching this, I think late at night by myself made me a little bit more, um, I don't know. I, I once I figured out like, oh, this is a weird film. I started thinking about it like in a much more heady sense. I have 11 pages of notes. Granted, a lot of those. So my notes are always typed and they're always like thought enter enter like double spaced between thoughts to sort of like help separate it. Sure. And, but I have 11 pages and I just realized that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's so jumpy. I mean there. Well, like like we said earlier, this movie is what an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, it last took night, me every bit of two and a half to watch it. Last night when I was watching it, I was I thought I was an hour in, and I looked down and I was only like twenty five thirty minutes in, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, because I didn't know where, I didn't know where like the movie was going or like what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean it's. And I think that's that's part of what like that sort of anxiety inducing vibe that it gives off. Um, and I think a great example of that is like you look at the character of Sarah and, and the journey that she's on, like she she's presented with this opportunity to be on television. She wants to be on TV. That's all she wants in the whole world. So that occurs now. That actually occurred because she was sent a survey of some kind and then sent that back and her friends helped her with it. So like, I'm not, I'm, I don't think that like that was imagined, but then once she gets on those pills and her, her brain starts to get rattled, she's on, you know, level one. And then she levels up to level two where those pills that were doing the thing, they were giving her lots of energy. And then at night they were bringing her down. It was up, 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 down, up, 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 down. And then pretty soon it was like up, up, down, up, up, 
and it doesn't hit the same. It's the the half life. Yep. It's the, the getting accustomed to it. I can't remember the verbiage. Um, tolerance is probably some part of that. Um, but so she starts guessing and dabbling. It's like maybe I'll take a green and a blue. Maybe I'll take two blues and a purple. And that's when shit yeah. starts to go bad. When people start like dosing themselves, and and that's the, the terrifying thing about drugs and and overdosing and and you know all the things that come with having that sort of lifestyle is like at some point you're gonna you, you think you're making cookies you're accidentally gonna make brownies and you're fucked well, yeah it, it, just just like at the end of the movie when when harry uh um him and tyrone they're they're in the car and they're shooting up and he's like yeah, I got this, I got this thing on my arm. I'm going to shoot it right into that. Like, because they're, they're looking I, again, I've never been addicted to, to like a drug or a substance like this. So I, I don't know, but I go off of what I've seen or read or whatever, but it always sounds like people are trying to find that, that first high again. So like, like what you were saying, Brian, like, Hey, let's, let's do a, a green, purple and red. Let's do a, like, let's do a, this other combination or Harry's like, yeah, let's shoot this in this infected cut. And like, let's see if it gets me extra fucked up. And if I can get to that first high again. So I think it's, I think it's two different schools. You have, you have the Sarah school where she, I a hundred percent agree with you. She's trying to find that same feeling again at first, but then you go from chasing that first feeling to now you're chasing away the bad feeling and the bad feeling for Sarah is the, is the hunger and the, the loneliness. So when she glances over that refrigerator and it does the shaky growly thing. And like the first time she's like, fuck that she pops a pill. And then yep. after a while it happens, she pops a pill. She looks back and it's closer and it's still going. She's got to pop more pills. She's chasing away that bad feeling. And that's where Harry already is. His bad feeling is just good old fashioned pain. It's just his body is yearning and hurting for that drug again. Not just the, the yeah. feeling of being high, but the actual drug itself. And he's left with two choices. Do I, wow, that vein looks cool. <laughs> I got a good, anyway. Um, but like he's got two choices. He's got be in pain from the chemical need for the drug and the gross. Was, you say it was a staph infection. I don't even know what things are. It, was it just looked up. like necrosis to me. Like his arm was gangrene. Fucked. Could have been gangrene. Who knows? <laughs> um, but his his options are poke it here or be in pain. And he yeah. opted to not be in pain. Like it, it, yeah. it's to a point that he cannot survive without it in his mind. Like obviously it, like getting clean is possible, but it's getting to that point that you are clean. But no, 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 no. But you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a pain. And once again, I've, I've never been addicted to anything, you know, of, of this, of this nature by any means. And the idea of, of there is a pain associated with withdrawals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but to that point is they'd rather just not go through the pain and just stick with doing what they're doing. Cause to your point, even when there's like the conscious moment of, 
this is bad, but I'd rather do this than go through the pain. Yeah, it's it's the it's the pain and the fear of the pain. So and it's. I want I want your guys' opinion on this um, about Tyrone. We really haven't talked much about him. Fair. So, so what I what I get from Tyrone is you know him and Harry they're they're close. We all Harry's a drunk or a, a junkie. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tyrone, like he he doesn't want to be a junkie and he wants to get out and. He doesn't want this lifestyle, but it just it seems like he's the guy who's doing all the work for Harry and he just he gets caught up and, you know, it just it takes a really bad turn from him for him. And and, you know, he he ends up in prison. But like, I kind of feel like he was also the he was he was trying to get out and he wasn't just a pure junkie like Harry. What do you think? I think that's fair. Uh, Corey, I think you're frozen. So if you're, um, man, anyway, um, I think that's fair. I think you see that when, um, when Tyrone is in the van with sort of the, the drug kingpin deaf kid, um, and you know, they get all shot to bits. I think that they say as much like you're not a junkie. Good job. But I also think that he and Harry are on similar trajectories for at least the first half of the movie they're both you know traveling 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 and then harry sort of deviates and dips further into the addiction as tyrone you know stays on the purely recreational path if we had to call it something he's like yeah sure we'll dabble but he's you know they come up with all these half-baked stupid drug dealer plans like we're gonna get we're gonna get a a a bucket of drugs and then we're gonna like cut it in half and then mix it with other things and then like double our profits and then after a while we can get a whole good stuff and then we'll do it with that and then we'll be super rich and then we'll be good and you know that's the promise that they keep making to each other the, the promise that harry keeps making to marion is that all right we're gonna get out of this we're, it's gonna be fine but as you're trying to get out of this you you're taking the thing that you're addicted to and your plan is to sell that but you're not going to because you're addicted to that. You're going to keep it. You're going to hoard it. And you see as much. They put the money in the wall, and then the next time they bring it out, there's more money. And then later in the movie, they bring it out, and the shoebox is fucking empty. Like, well, it's, mean, it's, it slowly is, sucks the life out of you. Good. And Tyrone's the one who has the money. Like, he's – because you can tell he's the one who I feel like is is like, all right, this is what our goal is. We need to, like, get out yeah. of this. We're going to make money and get out, whereas Harry's just like – Hey, hey, I just I, I just need some more money. We just need to, you know, Marion and I, we, we just need to get one more hit. We just need to go buy one more hit. But yep. something else that, again, it's minor. And I deal with this at work a lot of times. Going over to somebody's house, and it doesn't matter what time of day it is, and they're like, oh, do you want some coffee? Let's have some coffee. Like, that's such an old generation thing that you don't see at people our age's house. Like I'm now when people come over, I'm like, yeah, don't drink my coffee. It's an espresso pod. Like I don't want to share. <laughs> You're not worth two thirty-five. <laughs> oh, you don't understand how it works. No, there's no cream in it. Yes. It's black. That's just foam. Yep. Oh, is this an espresso? No, this is not an espresso. It's an espresso. 
oh this yeah. is so fancy are we at a star no you're not at a starbucks like I yeah had an espresso espresso <laughs> there <Right>. you go <laughs> um no sorry what i was saying earlier before i got cut off because of my dial-up internet um <laughs> was i read a story of um uh that this this girl was born um Obviously, the mom had been on on some type of substances during pregnancy. Therefore, the baby was born addicted to these substances, right? And so, obviously, the minute the baby's born, she's no longer getting those that flow from the mom. Obviously, um, and essentially, what they had to do was put the baby on morphine to help it manage the pain of withdrawals. Right? Well, guess yeah. what? After that, now the baby's addicted to morphine. So then step two is weaning the baby off of morphine. Um, but it's just, it's just, so going back to the, I, I meant to say that earlier when we were talking about um, the pain of it, right? And so um, obviously if you're, if you're listening and you or, or a loved one is, is struggling with addiction, you know, um, there's a ton of resources out there, a ton um, that can help people get clean in a in a in the proper way in a healthy way right this isn't funny but i kind of feel like at the end of this episode we should have like the if you or a friend of yours has a drug addiction that. please call 1-800-555-1234 but you gotta say it at like speed 7000 so it's you can't understand it <laughs> if you're a friend you're struggling with drug addiction please call 1-855-555-1234 drugs but then we need to like finish it with like uh like a hammer like <laughs> let the beat drop yeah <laughs> exactly oh, Jesus yeah well yeah that was a lot but I I want to again I thank you Brandy for the suggestion um I think I'm I'm glad we watched this movie I think we all agree probably not one we're gonna you know, roll up every spring or so and just be like, ah, oh, remember Requiem? Good times. But, you know, none of us having ever seen this movie, um, being our first listener suggestion, I think that it's, uh, this is a good precedent because I think it made us think. And I think that, yeah. you know, let's have different experiences watching it and then coming together. I feel like we all were like, fair point. There's a lot going on in this movie. A lot. Um, and I think that maybe on a second and third watch, you'd pick up more of it. I just don't think I'm, uh, down for subjecting myself to that anytime soon. To say the least. Yeah. I, I have to admit, like I said, Brian, after hearing a lot of what you said and, and your, your insight on it, that's the only reason I would watch this again is to pick up on, on that stuff. Because I think I was so annoyed with it that, I, I was sort of just close minded to to even focusing on that because 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 of the cyclical nature of it. And I'm and I kept waiting for like, where is this going? When are we going to get somewhere? Right. And but not there's no end taking point. the minute. It, well, exactly. But not honestly taking the minute to stop and think like this is this is intent intentional. Uh, so like, that's that's the, you are the reason I would watch this again. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks, man. I'm not going to. But you're the reason <laughs> I would. <laughs> totally fair yeah, and yes this... thank you brandy um for being our first suggestion uh or listener with a suggestion so thank you 
Yeah. The only thing I'll say about this is this movie just made me uncomfortable and just glad that um I didn't go down that that road. I mean, it's and I know I mean you don't I don't want to say I don't know. I'm going to I'm just going to leave it at that. Do you do you here's here's a question. Um do you feel a little more sympathetic towards people that may struggle with similar situations? Maybe not so much Harry and Marion's situation, which is objectively awful and I, you know, you feel bad for them, sure, but do you feel more sympathy towards people in say Sarah's situation? See, that's what I was about to say and I I think it's an important question. I don't I I want to say yes, but I I don't know. I get it because I I do I I feel like depending on where you may grow up or where what's what what's surrounding you, it you might be led into a lifestyle like this but it's uh i don't i i just i don't know because i've never had an addiction like this so i i don't know so so i think there's there's two things one justin i think you hit on a point of saying you know not even so much of where you grow up as much as the company you keep right and it it makes me as an adult um, understand more why my parents said, I don't want you hanging out with so-and-so, right? They didn't know anything about them, but even as an adult, you can look at certain people and smell trouble, right? Yeah, um, that vibes. It, 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 that's exactly, that's just, that's human nature, right? Um, and so anyway, that's point eight. But to answer your question, Brian, um, if I'm going to put it in the context of when this movie was made, or at least when it was supposed to be made as far as, you know, contextually, contextually, um, I would say I would feel sorry or more sympathetic for Sarah or someone in her similar situation in the sense that she might not have understood the resources available to help her lose the weight that she was desiring to lose in a healthy way. Right. Mm. And she wanted this quick fix X, Y, and Z right in today's world, 2022, if someone who, who, we don't know contextually, but but we can guess that it didn't seem like Sarah had a past history of addiction with anything else, right? Um, if someone chooses that path today, I have no sympathy because you have so much resources at your hands to figure out a good way to do it. And that is likely you just chose the quickest, fastest, easiest route instead of what should be the best, right? To To play devil's advocate, Sarah is, again, contextually, when it was made, sure, resources not available. You know, no computer in that house, no cell phone. Also, nobody coming around. You look at, yeah. you know, an old, someone who's maybe, God, what do you think Sarah was in? Probably her early 60s, late 50s, maybe? 60s for sure. So I, I in, in my job, I deal with a lot of folks who are maybe not so technologically savvy. You know, a lot true, of the times I'm true. helping them, like set up they have a cell phone but you know you know you help them set up their cell phone so that they can do the thing in themselves sure i i find a lot of folks are especially if they are alone and they're not maybe having as many people i've got people that come in and talk to me i feel like i'm their therapist like they come in every friday and we and sometimes we talk about what they need to do with their whatever 
sometimes we just talk. Yeah. And, and some people just need someone to talk to. And yep. if you are in that situation and you have, you, you discover a goal for the first time, like her goal was fit into the dress and be on TV. That was yeah. her goal. That's all that was, it consumed her. And so she found the option or she found the solution. Her friend suggested go to this doctor. He'll give you the pills. The pills help you lose the weight. My friend so-and-so did it. And it was great. It was great for her. And that's the other thing. What works for person A doesn't necessarily work for person B. That doctor exactly. that she went, never even made eye contact with her. Even even the second time that she went, when she was losing her mind and everything was like fast and sped up. And yeah. it, it, he never looked at her. And once the, she just intrinsically believed that her friend would not put her in a situation where she might be compromised, where, you know, this doctor will help you. He is a doctor. My friend yeah. did it. She, you know, she's got two good points of like, I should trust my friend and this doctor, obviously. Yeah. Do you then have sympathy for her who just happens to be alone without other resources true used resources that were wrong true yeah. go ahead justin you gotta do well the the fucked up saying about the the doctor especially the second doctor's visit i mean there's if if you go to a doctor and like if you if you just say hey i'm depressed or hey i have seasonal i you know whatever it's kind of scary how fast doctors will write a prescription for basically, you know, any, any sort of antidepressant. Yeah. And they're just like, yep, take it. Go ahead. Oh, you need more. Okay. Like yeah. that it's it. I used to never understand how like people got a hold of like pills and like got addicted to that type of stuff. But like now I see because like you can, you could just, it's so easy. Yeah, well, and I will say that I think there there is some changes going on in the medical profession, pharmaceutical, um, that are requiring, you know, uh, or, or or there's limits put in place. There there are changes happening. Um, I, which is good, right? I mean, because yeah, somebody shouldn't be on them for more than X number of days or weeks or whatever the the true need is instead of oh yeah you've had a standing prescription for 20 years right <laughs> yeah um, i think I, I think that that's a fair assessment and there there certainly are like with narcotics and 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 everything like that like there has been historically a gross over prescription of those things and now like if if my doctor tried to prescribe oxycontin to me i'd kick him in the dick like get the fuck out of here bud what are you talking about it's yeah you but it's i mean there's a, so man. many people that that would just be like oh okay well you're the doctor yeah yeah and, yeah well you know, that's and, and, an ed, it's a resource thing it's an education thing but no you're absolutely right i mean and that goes back to what Sarah did, right? He's asking your mom, is this speed? Is that, ah, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. He's a doctor, you know, like, and, and that's where, and that's where it's, it's a reminder, I think for everybody that just because someone's in a profession or a position, um, the reality is we should be able to believe them and trust them, but, but always do your due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. Always, always just take that extra step to 
say, hey, is this really the best? Get a second opinion. You know, I mean, and that's where I think from a generational standpoint, Brian, you hit the nail on the head is our parents or, or older, right, um, uh, have never had to think that way because there was never, how do I say this? I feel like the um, the likelihood of the, um, uh, they, they weren't misled, I feel like, as much as, as we we are today as a society right i think it was it was just a little bit more straight shots before i don't i don't know how else to say that better but there we go yeah cool. there's there's a lot more <laughs> there's so much information now available but at the same time so much misinformation so you look at something like i'm going to pick on a drug so we get sued uh, hydroxy cut you look at something like hydroxycut, which in reality is just a large caffeine pill. And the way it was marketed in the early 2000s, you know, hydroxycut, take this pill, watch the fat melt off your body as it maybe explodes your fucking heart. Like, you know, if you're if you're taking a hydroxycut and then you have a Red Bull, you are at a significant risk for your heart exploding inside of you. Um, especially if you're overweight, especially if your heart is already compromised. And this is something you just buy on the shelf. You look at, you know, these, these narcotics, these opioids, and it was the same thing in the early 2000s, in the late 90s, you know, like, hey, pills, 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 pills. Sure, pharmaceutical companies give kickbacks to doctors, you know, hey, we've got this new drug, yada, yada, it does X, Y, Z. If, if you find that it might work for some folks, uh, we'd be happy to give you 5% of whatever the fuck or whatever it is, you know, and that's how those things start. I mean, greed is a powerful motivator. So is pain. And if you are in pain and you're seeking relief and someone is greedy and selling relief, I mean, that's, that's a, we're going to talk about cyclical. That's a customer for as long as they're alive, which might not be that long, depending. That's true. No, I think I, uh, I I can't say anything else because I think you said it perfectly. If you or one of your family members <laughs> have been victimized <laughs> by a doctor, please call Crime Stoppers or something. Call the Crime Junkie podcast because Crime, crime and Junkies. Crime Stoppers. Don't no one I don't know what that was. And on that discordant oh. note, <laughs> I think maybe. Maybe beat this dead and dying horse to death again. Um, again, I love you both. Thank you, Brandy, for the suggesting the film. Um, yes. It was a lot to think about, and it's probably all I'll be thinking about now for the next half hour or so as I decompress from thinking about it again. And with that, adieu. Bye, man.